This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Hey, Lucy Kippist here. I'm the editor of Flying Solo and the co-host with Robert Garish of this Flying Solo podcast. Now, before I introduce our guest, let me tell you about Flying Solo's premium membership. There's a massive tools and benefits to help your businesses stand out and to ensure you stay at the top of your game. As part of the membership, you'll get a full page listing in the directory, entry to a private discussion group, access to a library of over 80 how-to videos, a copy of the Flying Solo book, and much more, all for just $99. Now, on to the show. Samantha Morant is a regional soloist. Based in Kanamala in Queensland, she juggles three businesses and one toddler. I discovered Samantha via her incredible podcast, The Rural Compass. It's a weekly Wednesday chat with women running businesses in rural and remote areas of Australia. Sam, welcome to Flying Solo. Hi, Lucy. Thank you so much for having me. I'm, I'm thrilled to be chatting with you. I'm very excited to be chatting with you today. I've listened to several of your podcasts, and when I first thought about it, um, saw your podcast advertised, I thought, wow, what a fantastic idea. How did you come up with it? So I guess with every small business, a couple of things came into play to make it happen. Uh, so I've... I'm only fairly new to the whole podcast land. I haven't actually got any media background. Uh, I started listening to podcasts after I had my son. So he's uh, one and a half. Mm -hmm. And a friend of mine, Chloe, got me onto them and I got a little bit obsessed with them. Uh, but I feel they kind of kept me sane in those early months of motherhood. Uh, I probably drove everyone else insane suggesting <laughs> on the podcast that they should listen to. Uh, but I just found a real love for them and the way I can consume them, you know, while I'm driving and, and doing other things is really great for me because I'm not a huge reader. Um, mm -hmm. So, yeah, so I also, you know, my, my family lives 11 hours west at the Gold Coast, so I often have long drives, which I need to keep away from. <laughs> yeah, wow. That's a lot of podcast episodes. Yes, it is. Yeah. So I was driving one day and... Yeah, like you said, lots of podcast episodes. I'd actually run out of things to listen to. And I really love listening to all business podcasts. And I sort of was listening to all these women in the major cities who had million-dollar companies and were just these huge, impressive women, which is amazing. But I just thought, you know, there's so many rural talented and innovative women and, you know, female entrepreneurs across rural Australia. And I just really had this idea that I wanted to create my own podcast and interview these women and bring awareness to their businesses. And so 
I just sort of saw a niche that I, I thought I really wanted to tap into and I didn't feel like it had been tapped into yet or no. not not that I had seen in the podcast world anyway. So, um, yeah, so this sort of came to me in late April and so I set the launch date for the 1st of May 2019 and... It gave me a little bit of accountability and I started my website and social media before I launched and gave myself four weeks to teach myself how oh my to produce goodness. and edit. So no pressure at all? <laughs> no. <laughs> um, and yeah, pull, pull together a podcast and, and see how we go and, and now here we are. Here we are. And um, such a what can I ask you a bit about the technology that you use because you're obviously doing all your recording and editing from home, is that right? Yeah, yeah, that's absolutely right. So, so what what programs are you using? Uh well, I actually use Skype for my recording. Mm-hmm. Uh I just found it the easiest and sort of decent quality. I I really wanted to focus on getting great quality episodes. I think because of the fact of my location, I I didn't want it to hinder what I was producing. Mm. And so I did a fair bit of research into into giving those quality episodes and audio. Uh, And yeah, so I run my own website through Wix. I have a bit of a background in web design, so uh, that was not too hard for me to set up. Um, And then, yeah, my, my audio, I use Skype and then I use Audacity to do the editing and, you know, starting it up, I didn't want to really outlay too much money in case it was a big flop. (laughs) (laughs) Which it has not been. Which it hasn't been. No, it's it's, um, turning into a great, great little uh, passion project, I suppose, a little business. And um, yeah, so I just use Audacity and and Skype, really. I've bought two microphones since starting the podcast and both of them have died. So I actually mainly use my iPhone. I've bought a new iPhone because um, I spend all my time on my phone. Mm-hmm. So I actually use mostly my iPhone just because it's easiest and, and I can sort of take it with me wherever I Very go. Portable. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And um, I was just thinking before, what? so before you did the podcast, what were you were you working at all? So you obviously had a baby. Were you working yes. prior to that from your where you were living? Yeah, so I had been doing, I've been studying my um, bachelor in education, in primary education, and I sort of put that a little bit on hold for the moment while my other businesses are sort of running rampant and, um, and going so well. Uh, but I've got my associate degree in education and... I was working as a teacher aide at um, at one of the local schools. Uh, before that, I have uh, been working in offices, so doing finance and yeah, lots of business roles. Um, teacher aiding sort of only fairly new, and it was just when we moved back out to Kanamala, it was just sort of the job that was available. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, so I've sort of got a background in in business mainly okay. and yeah, and finance. So yeah. And when we talked about um, doing this podcast episode, you mentioned that, you know, not only are you doing the podcast, you're actually running two other businesses on the side, <laughs> as well as being a mum to a toddler. So what, can you tell us a bit about the other two businesses you're running? Yeah, absolutely. So as well as, as the podcast, um, my other two businesses, I started 
running before the podcast as well. So okay. I am what I, is really hard for me to say, but a professional artist. It's a really strange thing for me to say, but I sell. So I sell my artwork as well as complete commission artworks, and I actually have a solo exhibition which is coming up in Quilpie in southwest Queensland um, from the 30th of August until early October. So that's really exciting. Wow. And um, I've been madly preparing for that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I, um, yeah, I guess I'd, I'd always call myself, I've always sort of thought of myself as a bit of an artist, but um, until I did my first solo exhibition in 2017, I guess I moved into that more professional category. Yep. And, and you know, this year I've had lots of commissions and been taking on that role. Of, I've put them on hold at the moment while I've been preparing for the exhibition, but we'll be opening them back up shortly. And my other business is sort of in the same realm, but it's I run art workshops. So... Oh. Yeah, so this has been really an amazing experience. I and it's also really grown very quickly. I ran my first workshop in December last year with a few girlfriends just to see how it would go. And as of January this year, I have run over 30 workshops wow. across Western Queensland. <laughs> and yeah, like I've also done a tour out to Birdsville and Bedouri. So um yeah, so lots of kilometers clocked up over something like over 8,000 kilometres or something I've clocked up since January. Wow, so. that's a significant amount of driving. And like I've just seen here that you that you have done some of those workshops with um, through the councils for mental health relief through the drought. That's really interesting. Can you tell us a bit about that? Yeah, so, so they sort of, I started with the intention just of of people getting together and sort of forgetting about their worries and, and having a social outing. And that was sort of just the, the general idea was you didn't have to have any experience. You just had to come and, and have a bit of fun and, you know, have a few drinks and, and whatever. And um, then I sort of started getting bookings from councils uh, and it was through their mental health and their drought funding. And it sort of grew into this you know, this really great way for people on their properties to come away and forget about any of the worries, any of their drought issues or or anything really, just to put their mind on something else. Mm-hmm. And I know I've had a few ladies come to me and say, look, I was, you know, I was having a really bad day before I came and I wasn't going to come. And then, you know, they spent an hour and a half, two hours just following me, do a, do a, following me, doing a painting and they left with the biggest smiles on their face and they said, oh, you know, I just, I, it was great. I didn't think about anything except what I was doing and I am leaving with such a po- more positive outlook. Wow. And and that's what it's all about. Like it, it, it makes it so worth it when you hear those sorts of absolutely positive things coming from it. So, yeah, so, um, yeah, it's been really great through the councils and I've had a few birthday parties booked and, um, as well as uh, some schools out this way booking it for their professional development, which is really cool for their teachers. So, yeah, so the, you know, getting the teachers to do something that they often put their students in that position where they've got to step out of their comfort zone. And it's, it was really great because, you know, putting the teachers in that position and they had to step out of their comfort zone and 
and have a go Definitely. at something that they may not usually do. So that was really cool. Wow, that's fascinating. And with the, the women that you're interviewing for your podcast, do you talk much to them about the impact that drought's having on their businesses or just the communities that they're in? Um, we, I sort of, with the podcast, I'm trying to create a bit of a more positive spin on what uh, rural areas are doing other than the drought. Mm-hmm. So I think with the media nowadays, there's so much in there about the you know poor farmers, pity them. Um, and I sort of want to rather turn that, that conversation around and say, look, yes, they're going through drought, but this is their amazing thing that they're doing. And let's celebrate that and encourage that and try and help them to really build on that rather than, you know, just sort of throw money at them, like employ them or buy from them. Yeah, I I just think um, I I have touched a little bit with some of them about how it's been affected, how it's affected their business or or that sort of thing. But, yeah, mainly wanting to really, really create that positive impact about rural areas. So, yeah. That's a wonderful perspective. And I guess... What are the, I guess, what are the challenges that the women are sharing with you and even maybe you are facing just just as, as a result of not being in an inner city area, which is going to make me sound like a real city person to say something like that, I'm sure. But I know that even people in city areas running a business face challenges. What do you think are some of the challenges specific to people running businesses in regional spots? I think a lot of the um, the challenges that we come across uh, things like getting your name out there. And again, I think that's, you know, a big factor in, in why I've started the podcast is to try and bring that awareness to those businesses. But it's it's a matter of trying to, you know, make sure people know that we're here. <laughs> um, and we've just, I've actually just started a little mini marketing series as part of the podcast with a friend of mine, Tori, and she's over in WA, which oh, is wow. amazing. Yeah. So we've, we've connected. She, she reached out to me and it's really great because we're sort of um, providing these tips and these tools for, for rural women to help market their business. And so I think that's, it's probably one of the biggest things is finding the way to get the name out there and and that's you know all about the marketing so that's probably the biggest hurdle um i think you know other ones include um postage and, mm-hmm. and availability of stock and things Logistics. like that yeah 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 but um yeah definitely making making ourselves seen is is the biggest challenge i think and what about networking i had someone tell me recently that facebook is huge for people in country towns because it's the way that they can can talk to each other and i suppose network or socialize is how how what are people telling you about the networking factor so i think um yeah definitely networking and I think if if you can network in real life, I think that is honestly the best way to do it because you're getting your face in front of people. Um, I got I got the chance the other day. I went up to a Eka event, a high tea for the QRN Awards, and I was able to catch up with Beck Signal, who runs Rural Room, and who I'm actually a media stringer for, and it was. Like we were both both almost in awe. Like we kept hugging each other because it was like you forget that 
they're a real person. <laughs> yes. Um, so I definitely think like networking, if you can, and I know it's not always possible, but if you, if there's an opportunity for people to be able to go and meet and shake hands with people, then definitely do that. But I think as well, the internet is such an incredible resource. Like I'm a part of a few different business Facebook groups, like you said, and, and I regularly interact with people on there just asking questions and, or, you know, saying, this is what I did today, you know, help me celebrate it. Or, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and I, I've created a group for the podcast called Compass Cooperative, which I'm probably not the best at because I am, spread over so many different platforms that I, I need to get better with my own group. But I do, I also love the Instagram community that mm. I've found. I feel like um, the Rural Compass has sort of brought together this bit of a community of rural women. And I really love chatting with so many like-minded people on there. But I think, I think the whole aspect of it is that they need, you need to find like-minded people and you know, there might be someone in your town that you can catch up with for coffee or if it's someone over and have a Skype coffee date, you know, it's amazing what we can do with the internet now. And, and I know like my, my husband, he's super supportive, but if I talk to, talk to him about algorithms or analytics, <laughs> not so eyes would just glaze over. <laughs> yeah, it's a specialized kind of conversation, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, so I think it's really nice to be able to chat with other people um, about your troubles or or you might be able to offer some solutions and encouragement to other people as well. So, yeah, I think, honestly, rural people are probably the best at online communities because we know more about anyone about how important community is. Yes. So yeah. I think when you, when you are living, living in a rural community and you should really access and tap into those online communities as well so such good advice and I guess um just to go on the back of that a bit so obviously you're incredibly busy you're doing a lot of things there how are you what are your sort of top tips for time management then if you're running three different businesses and obviously got a young family how do you juggle that yeah so <laughs> obviously yeah, uh, my mini human, who, as I said, is one of the half, is a very busy little country boy. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, yeah, I think I kind of probably went about it the wrong way and instead of um, sleeping when he slept, sleep, slept, I created businesses while he slept. So <laughs> that's probably not the best best advice. But I think I'm, I'm really lucky in that my husband he has his own electrical contracting business. So we both run our businesses from home um, and I'm able to rely on him a fair bit because he's quite flexible with his hours, which is really, really helpful. Um, And I know everyone doesn't always have that option, Mm. but I think that's been really helpful for me. And, you know, being (laughs) multi-passionate entrepreneur, that's definitely helpful, having that that support system. So, um, but probably... One of my biggest strategies that I use is to batch work. So basically like finding time, you know, focusing my time on a certain area um, in my business for a certain amount of time. So I really hate blog posts. And like I said, I'm I'm not great at reading and, and, you know, sitting down and reading something called writing for ages. So I set 
a day at the start of the month where I sit down and, and plan out and write my blog posts for the month. Um, so then they're just scheduled and they can go up and do their thing without me having to do anything. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so I, I also batch some of my episodes as well. So because I've been preparing for my exhibition, I had done all my interviews prior to this month. So I had my whole month sort of planned out and ready to go and stops you sort of scrambling at the last minute. Um, I think, hmm, um, I think I'm also a big, huge fan of automation. So I'm still working on ways that I can automate, uh, but I like to plan out my Instagram posts, if not the month ahead, then the week ahead. Um, And I use Planoli and uh, Plan with a double N for those for my Instagram. Um, And I also um, automate things like my emails. You know, when you get a new subscriber, I love automation that it just sends out and I don't have to worry about it and you don't get caught in that email vortex. Yeah, so good. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And, um, yeah, so I I think there's, there's lots of strategies that you can use sort of to help your time it's just finding what works for you as well um i know i was using a physical diary at the start of the year but it started getting a bit too confusing having three different colors and then yeah you need a lot of tabs (laughs) yeah too many tabs on there and and so now i i use um google calendar just because it's good i can color code it as well so i i can follow what's happening when and yeah so i think i think but the idea with time management, I definitely think, is you need to use what works for you. So, yeah. yeah. Good advice, Sam. And I guess the last question is we talk a lot in, at Flying Solo now about how we take care of our health and well-being as business owners. What is sort of your number one wellness tip to help you stay sane and healthy while you're running all three of your businesses? <laughs> I don't know about being sane, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think... Being a multi-passionate entrepreneur, it can be really rewarding and, you know, you're honestly, it feels so, just, yeah, daily I feel so rewarded with all of the things that I'm doing. But I think when you are juggling so many um, balls or plates or whatever that saying is, that yes. you do need to take time for yourself, but otherwise one is bound to fall. So I think when you're running multiple businesses, it's it's really hard to switch off, but you need to make sure that you're filling your bucket and looking after yourself. So um, even if once a week, it's scheduling in some time to do something that you love, whether it's um, going for a walk or getting a pedicure. And we actually have a beautician in town, so I can do that. So, yes, <laughs> very important. Yeah. Or, you know, going for a coffee date with a friend just to talk about anything other than your business. I think it's um it's just a good way to switch your brain off from the business and allow it to recharge a little bit. Um, I think a lot of people get started with their own business because they hated their nine to five and and getting bogged down with work and you have to remember that it's now your business and you're the one who sets your schedule. So you gotta schedule in that time to take time for yourself. So true. Such an important thing that we all have to learn. Samantha, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. If everybody wanted to go, and they should, go and check out your, your podcast and also your Instagram, can you give us the the right addresses for those things? Yeah, absolutely. So you can find me on, I think, pretty much every podcast listening platform to search The Rural Compass. And I've also got a website for therealcompass.com.au and 
uh, Instagram is at the Rural Compass, and um, for my art, uh, you can go to www.samanthamurant.com.au, and also my uh, Instagram handle is at samanthamurant underscore art. Awesome. Uh, yes. That's great. We'll go and check it out now. Thank you so much, Sam. Thank you, Lucy. And that's where we'll leave this show from Flying Solo and your host, Robert Gerrish. We'd love to receive feedback, even a brief review for those listening via iTunes. If you're planning to start a business or rejuvenate the one you're in, check out our bestseller, Flying Solo, How to Go It Alone in Business. It includes everything we know about working on your own. And of course, we invite you to dive into the resources and supportive community at flyingsolo.com.au. 